Welcome to the weekly message from Upper Room Community Church in Vaughan. We hope that this message will help you grow in your faith and provide practical ways to strengthen your relationships. For more information, visit us at upperroom.ca. I will be reading scripture today from Lamentations 3:19 to 26. I will remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I will remember them, and my soul is downcast within me. Yet I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are anew every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. The Lord is good to those who hope is in him. To the one who seeks him, it is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. This is God's word. Thanks, Adam. Morning, church. Well, uh, Tony already, uh, you know, ruined your morning by using the S word, talking about school. But uh, we're actually, uh, we're in a series called Old School. And uh, it's about actually learning from those who have gone before us and looking back in the Old Testament. Now, Mark, Pastor Mark, when he started this series, he sort of threw down an old school challenge, right? So he had his Reebok pumps on. Did you see those? Now, I found out later he was two when those came out. So I'm like, okay, you could not have been wearing those. So he's not that old school. And then Pastor Kate, what did you do at Connection? Because we missed out on it here. She had a neon-colored sweater. So I don't really have anything for you today, I know. So, I mean, I asked these guys to kind of try to help out. You guys got anything, Steve? Do you guys have anything? Tim, you got anything? Okay, well, whatever. I'll, I'll go with it. Maybe a poem or something. Stop, collaborate and listen. Ice is back with a brand new invention. Something grabs a hold of me tightly, fold like a song of lady and nightly. Will it ever stop? Yo, I don't know. Turn off the lights and I glow to the extreme. I rock the mic like a vandal, light up the stage and wax a chump like a candle. Dance. That's all I got. I texted Mark before I got here. I'm like, you don't know anything about old school. I'm going to drop the mic on your church this morning. So So he's quite excited about that. Right, it's hard being a pastor, okay, guys? It really is. So yeah, so I know talking about school and certainly around our house, we've tried not to mention it because um, sort of that's coming up and maybe, like Pastor Tony said, there's stuff um, about that, about what you see ahead in life, and maybe it's not school, or maybe it's something else, and so there's things we're disappointed about, and maybe not excited about, that aren't as fun as this or that, um, but there's also stuff in life that we could say, you know what, this is more than just um, something I'm not looking forward to, or something I'm maybe a bit disappointed about. We could actually probably call to mind things in life that we say, you know what, this is really hard. This is actually really difficult. Like, I don't, I don't know how I'm actually going to get through what is ahead. Or, or maybe you could look at, at, at the situation you're presently in and think like, I don't know how much longer I can handle this, 
And again, it gets really hard when we don't see anything changing to the situation we're in. How many of you know um, people, or maybe in your own life, and you've been, they've been battling sickness or an illness for a long time? How many of you know people who are going through that, or in your own life? I mean, that's hard, right? Like, that's, that's not just, well, I was kind of hoping, you know, I'm, I'm sort of disappointed, or that's not exciting. Is That's like, man, that's hard. And, and sometimes when you're sick or when you're dealing with an illness or maybe there's a conflict in your family or in your marriage or with somebody you know about, and you think, well, that's, that actually kind of tends to take over life. Like, it doesn't matter what else is going well. That's kind of like a shadow over everything. Every one of us probably could, could list off things that we have gone through or things that we are going through or people that we know that we're with that we say, well, this isn't just something I'd kind of not like and it's not that fun, but this is actually something that's making life really hard, really hard to kind of get through. And, and the fact that I don't know when this is going to end or if it's going to end or how that's going to change, that makes this pain or this difficulty almost unbearable. This is, I think, every one of us in the room can, can relate to that in some way. Some shape or form, something that's going wrong that we think, man, this is really bad. This is affecting my whole life. Or we know people who are going through things like that. And, and then as, as we begin to, you know, kind of go through that, we have questions like, okay, well, how do we deal with the fact that life is hard? or when life gets really hard, or difficult, or painful. There's a number of ways people, people deal with it. And if you have uh, kids, if you have your pack, there's, there's a few little different faces on there that, that um, can describe it. And so for some people, their response to life being difficult is just be positive. Just be positive. It's this idea that, hey, don't worry. Life is going to get better. Um, you know, have you ever heard that saying, every cloud has a silver lining? Just be positive. Just, just, you know, try to, don't worry. Things will get better. It can't get any worse than this. You know, so, some, so there's people that are like that. Now, some of us are like, yeah, totally. And others are like, I hate people like that. Like, you know, that, that, can, be, that can be difficult um, because sometimes it does get worse than this. And sometimes positivity runs out. Like being positive can, can work for a little while, but sometimes, you know what, being positive actually doesn't change my circumstance. Like what I think about, there's some people think, oh, we have the power by the way we think to change our situation. And on one level, that's sort of true, but on another level, it's like, well, I can't think away sickness. I can't think away um, a job loss. I can't think away uh, a relationship that's going sour. I, just because I'm going to be positive about it isn't going to change that circumstance, especially when it's going on. So sometimes just be positive isn't enough. Well, there's other people that are saying, hey, forget being positive. Let's just party. Let's just have a good time, you know, and like some more old school quotes, right? We're here for a good time, not a long time, so have a good time. The sun can't shine every day, right? Hey, come on. You know what? Life is bad, so just have fun. And, and that's why a lot of people end up getting addicted to things. They get addicted to video games or get addicted to alcohol or get addicted to drugs even because it's kind of like trying to escape the world that, that I'm in. The difficulty of life says, you know what, let's just party hard on the weekend. Let's just find something that makes us feel good, even if it's for a little while, because we can't deal with life the way it is. So there's the be positive, the be party, and then there's the other people, just get angry. You guys can fill in the blanks if you want on this, right? Just get angry. Now, Many of us who choose this way of dealing with life, we don't actually plan to get angry. It's just what comes out, right? And, and sometimes, like, maybe we're angry with someone who cut us off on the highway 
Maybe we're angry with the people around us. And, and maybe we wouldn't call it anger, but we're kind of snappy at everyone. Right? Like somebody does something or says something or whatever, and we, we kind of snap. And, and maybe it's because underneath this, look, I, I can't control what's going on in life. Sometimes anger actually comes out when we feel like we can't, we're, we're out of control. We're out of control. We're like, ah, I can't deal with this, and I can't deal with that, so I'm just going to get angry about this or something small, right? Something small, often, right? Something small. Actually, we have a big anger reaction to it. Why? Because we're dealing with the difficulty of life that we can't do anything about. And so for some people, the way they deal with the difficulty of life is just to be angry. And they don't think about it that way, but that's just kind of, you know, it's like what's in your cup, right? What, what comes out when you get bumped? It's like that. So just, just be positive, just, um, just party, just get angry. Other people just don't care. Um, sometimes we use a word like apathetic. In other words, like whatever, you know what? I'm just never, never too high, never too low. I'm just going to, you know, some people say, I'm just going to turn the taps off emotionally. I'm just not going to care. You know what? I can't deal. I'm just going to care less about stuff and just try to get through life. Because if I care, I get upset that I can't deal with this situation. And so I'm not going to care about you, and I'm really, I'm kind of even not going to feel too much about me either. I'm just going to turn off the emotions in general and just try to slide through life. Or others, maybe the most honest, just give up. This, we use a word called despair to describe this kind of dealing with the difficulty of life. Saying, you know what? What's the point? And, and I, I'm, I'm not feeling pretty good about what's going on, and I don't have a lot of hope for the future. Despair is this idea that even if I don't like actually quit in my heart and in my mind, I've quit. I've quit on this job, I've quit on this employer, I've quit on this relationship, I've quit on this situation, I've quit, giving, I've quit having hope for this thing. Now look, all of these are really the typical ways of dealing with difficulty. And perhaps every one of us in this room has a little bit of every one of them. Or maybe some of us have some that we go to more than others. But these are, in a sense, if we'd call them, they're, they're common ways of dealing with the fact that life is difficult. But they're not really good ways. They're not effective ways. You know what happens? when we deal with life like this. For, for those that are really positive, sometimes what we do is like we're, we're kind of give bad advice to our friends. Like our friends who are going through tough times, when we're just always telling them, oh, don't worry, feel better, feel better, it's kind of like, you know, the old expression, rubbing salt in the wound. It's like, well, that's, that's not a, a, any help to me. Like if you're just kind of thinking positive, sometimes when your friends are going through a hard time, you're not really actually going to be able to help them. Uh, just partying, oftentimes people end up making really foolish decisions or actually destroying their lives. Certainly when you get addicted to things, you end up getting destroyed by them just because you're trying to have a good time and avoid the difficulty of life. So just party isn't actually really helpful either. Just get angry. I don't think I need to talk too much about that. That's not really helpful for yourself or for anybody around you. Just don't care. Just don't care. It seems like something, maybe that'll be good if I don't have too much emotions and I won't get hurt too much by the difficulty of life. But you know what happens to someone who just don't care when you start to just kind of turn off is all of your relationships start to fade away because relationships are built on emotions and being able to be honest with each other. And so, so that doesn't work either. And, and just give up, just despair is a very dark way to live and a very hopeless way to live. But maybe you can ask, well, come on, these are just normal. This is how, so what do we do when life is hard? What do we do when we're dealing with a situation or perhaps we're trying to help someone go through a situation that is really hard? How do we actually do this? Well, the book that we're actually going to look at today is, is the book of Lamentations. I think you've ever heard of that book. 
The word lamentations or to lament, it, it's from the, the original, the Hebrew word, it's kind of, um, it, it's, it's the word alas. And, and that's an, kind of an old English word of basically going, <sighs> it's like a big sigh. <laughs> lamentations is kind of a book of like a big sigh or a groan of like, oh, not like, oh, like bad joke groan, you know, I've never heard any of those, but I'm just saying, like, it's not that, it's like a, oh, no, like, when? And sometimes to lament means also to weep. It's this kind of, it, it means, it's a word of how you deal with when life is difficult, that your response is to go, oh, come on, please change. And, and for those of us that are, that are worshipers of God, we're people of God, dealing with difficulty of life is actually really hard when we believe in a God who hears our prayers, right? Have you ever prayed and felt like God didn't answer your prayer? You know, like that's, we've had those experiences. We're saying, God, you see this. Like, it's not just me who's seeing this. I actually believe in you. I believe you're in control. So where are you? What's going on? How come this, so lament, to lament, to have lamentations is to have this experience of saying, God, where are you? It's in a sense of a deep sadness of what is going on in life. Now, some of this stuff, sadness, isn't, isn't uncommon because a lot of our modern-day songwriters like to write um, sad songs. And there isn't probably someone who's better at writing sad songs than T-Swift, right? So we're going to play a little game. It's called Lamentations or Taylor Swift, okay? So here's what I want you to do. I want you to stand up for a second, okay? It's called Lamentations or Taylor Swift, okay? Now, here's what we're going to do before the question comes up. Everybody on your, on your feet, okay? This is not going to be as easy as you think, okay? Yeah. Okay, so... Now, if, if you know this game, you're not allowed to participate, okay? Well, you can, but just have fun. You won't get the prize. There is no prize. Okay, so here's how it's going to do. I'm going to ask you a question, and, or a lyric, okay? And you're going to have to say, okay, is this from Lamentations? If it's from Lamentations, you're going you're gonna to go like this, like it's from the Bible. If it's from T-Swift, or you think, you're going to go like this, okay? You got that? So you're either going to do, do this or do this, and I want you to hold your pose, okay? So here's the first line. It is good for a man to bear the yoke while he is young. Okay, this is easy, guys. Okay, this is, this is, okay let's see. Let's see. Pam, what do we got here? It's Lamentations, okay? That's just warm-up, okay? All right, next one. She cries herself to sleep at night, tears soaking her pillow. Okay, well, Taylor Swift or Lamentations, which one? Oh! Most of you got zinged there. Okay, here's what's going to happen now. We are doing elimination, okay? So if you're wrong, you got to sit down, okay? Here we go, next one. Your knives and swords and weapons that you use against me. Taylor Swift or Lamentations, what do you got? Oh, okay, so everyone who had your Bible open, you got to sit down. It's hard to tell what's going to, what this game is going to mean for the winners at the end. Either do you know your scriptures really well or you just listen to a lot of Taylor Swift. So I don't know. Okay, next one. Next one. My eyes are blind with tears. My stomach is in a knot. We got Taylor Swift or Lamentations? Lamentations, all you T-Swift, have a seat. I know you're kind of proud of yourself. You didn't know it. <laughs> okay, next one. Next one. You're like a lion ready to pounce. Oh, uh, you know, lion references are always kind of Bible references. Is it really? Okay, what do you got? Taylor Swift or Lamentations? Lamentations 310. Look around, look around. 
think whatever you like about these people who are still standing, okay? <laughs> All right, okay, next one. This yearning in the deep part of my heart for you. Is that obvious? Okay. Uh, all right. Okay, we got only a few left. Adam, I don't know what this says about you, buddy. You're still standing. Okay, next one. <clears throat> I'll never forget the trouble, the poison I've swallowed. <clears throat> oh, this is hard, eh? What do we got? Mostly T-Swift in the house. Whoa! That was big. That was big, man. Okay, so we got one, two, three, four, five, six. Dave's not up. Seven, eight, nine, ten. Joel, rock it, buddy. I want a couple here in the front. Okay, here we go. I'm aching, no past, nowhere to hide. Okay, what do we got? Oh, nice. Any more people sitting out? Oh, we lost a couple. Oh, all right. Here we go. I don't know how many more of these we have. Let's go. All we are is skin and bone. Ooh. This totally sounds like Lamentations. That's where everyone seems to be going. Oh, wow. Is that, is that last man's? No, we have a couple people. We have a couple here, right? Kayla? Dan, you guys still up? Yes? Who else? Adam? All right, here we go. But there's one thing I remember so I can keep a grip on hope. T-Swift or Lamentations? Come on. Get the, come on, what do you got? What do you got? Lamentations 3. You guys still in? That's the last one. You can sit down. Nice work. All right, man, Jeremiah would have been a top 20 for sure today if we know if he was. So this book is written by the prophet Jeremiah. I think we have a picture of him uh, on here. This is actually a painting by Rembrandt van Rijn, good Dutch painter. And it's a picture of a prophet named Jeremiah. And I'll, I'll explain to you a little bit of the picture because it actually tells us what's going on and why he wrote the book. So Jeremiah was a prophet to the, the people of Judah. And they were God's kind of small remnant of people um, that were sort of left on the earth. And they were sliding off in a bad way. And uh, they were worshiping other gods. And many of the other gods that they worshiped involved, like they would have to sacrifice children and stuff to them. So these were the kind of gods. God, God wasn't just saying, oh, don't worship them, worship me. He was saying, you're going to destroy your life if you worship these other gods. And yet Israel just kept doing it. Um, and they were, we know they were also, from when we read their history, they were really the people who owned businesses and owned lands and farmers. They were really unjust and mistreating the people who worked for them. They didn't pay them fair wages. There was a lot of uh, mistreatment and slavery of people. And so God was upset with them about that. He's like, you can't come in here and worship me when you're mistreating the people who work for you. And so there's all kinds of stuff going on wrong in the nation. And Jeremiah was saying to them, listen, guys, we have to turn around. Like, we have to come back to God. They weren't even worshiping God anymore. They weren't even gathering anymore to sing to him or to read his word. And so Jeremiah was this prophet. Well, they liked him so much and they liked his message so much, they tied him up and threw him into a well. And just said, you know what, shut up. We don't want to hear what God has to say. We don't care what you think. Your messages are kind of bumming us out. So you're going into this pit. We're fine. We don't need you. Well, what happened was God eventually allowed the nation of Babylon, because in those days, nations were always fighting against other nations to try to occupy their land. And the nation of Babylon came into Jerusalem and they sacked the city. In other words, they destroyed the walls, they destroyed the temple, and they burned the city. And you can see over in the top left of the picture, it's like in the background, there's fire. And so that's like the picture of Jerusalem on fire. 
and Jeremiah was sad. I mean, he wasn't happy that his words came true because he was telling them, God's going to bring destruction if you don't turn around. He wasn't happy. He was sad because it was his own people. And so there's Jeremiah, and the few things he's got there was the stuff that was left over from the temple, all the, the worship objects they used to worship God, but the whole city was burned. He's sitting there with a, with a well, it's a Bible, but really it's the Old Testament scripture, some of the writings, his own writings. And he's sad because he's basically saying, you know what? My people, the city that I'm in, is in shambles, and my own life is a wreck, too. I mean, I think he was lamenting because his own situation was bad. How would you like it if you were trying to help people and give them a message of urgency that you loved, and they just said, be quiet, we don't want to hear you, and they threw you in a pit? You know, so he had his own pain and the pain of the city around him, and so he starts to write down or speak out these things called lamentations, and it was his groaning, and it was his, his weeping over the condition of God's people, the condition of the city around him, the condition of the people he loved, these would be some of, his, some of the people closest to him would have died during this time. And to look on the holy city, God's beautiful city that he had built, and the temple where God had been worshipped, and it was totally torn down. And he himself, you know, his life had just been sort of used up and, and thrown away. There was a lot of pain and lament in his life. But this book actually gives us, you know, it sounds like a sad story, right? It's kind of a bummer story. It's actually a book that gives us a way forward because if, if we don't want to just be people who are like positive or just be people who party or just be people who get angry or just be people who don't care or just be people who are in despair when it comes to life being hard, the book of Lamentations actually gives us a way forward and how do we deal with God and with ourselves when life is really hard. <clears throat> Jeremiah, when he writes this, in the verses that were read to you this morning by Adam. The first thing he says, what to do when life is hard and painful? Be honest about it. Be honest about it. Now, this sounds kind of funny, right? Be honest. Of course, try to be honest. But actually, so many times and so many of the ways we deal with pain is to not want to face it. We don't want to face it, so we just say, oh, <clears throat> don't worry, it'll get better, it'll get better. Let's, let's not hear about the bad things. Don't tell me the bad things that are going on, or I don't want to remember. Or if we just party, we're saying, I don't want to face the pain. I don't want to deal with how difficult it is. <clears throat> so I'm just going to ignore it. Sometimes we do that in our own lives. Sometimes we do that about other people. Where there's just people we avoid <laughs> because we know they're going through pain. We're like, I don't know what to say. Sometimes when the people closest to us are walking through difficult things, we're saying, I don't know what to do. And so we just get tired of it or we don't know how to, we feel bad and we know they feel bad. And so we just want to ignore it. And Lamentations, most of the books is, is Jeremiah writing how he was feeling about everything he saw. And one of the things in the passage he says in chapter three is, I remember my affliction. It wasn't saying I remember it as in <clears throat> it happened 20 years ago. He's saying I'm calling it to mind. I'm actually taking the time. And he wasn't just like, you know, Lamentations isn't a one-verse book. Life is bad. <laughs> it's lots of pages. Uh, it's actually five poems of him writing and writing and writing about how difficult it was to deal with where he was in life, how difficult it was to watch the people and the city, in a sense, the place of God that he loved, suffer. He was honest about his pain. And I think as people of God, we should be honest too. We need to be people that are, we understand, you know what? Life is hard. Life is difficult. Uh, so often we read news stories in other parts of the world and we're shocked because really what we believe is life is good. Life is happy. Life should be pain-free. And so we're shocked by the stories and difficulties. We don't know what to do with them instead of saying, no, actually, as people of God, we know life is hard. It's not just good sometimes, bad sometimes. It's difficult. 
And sometimes we don't want to know the pain of other people because it disturbs this belief that we have is everything is awesome, right? It's not. Life is hard. Life is difficult. And so part of what we learn from Lamentations is be honest. We have to be able to say how we're feeling. It's actually one of the things that you as kids, when you say like one of the things that actually hurts us as adults when we get older is if we never learned how to express our emotions properly. You know, because sometimes our emotions are mad, sad, glad. Those are very simple emotions. But there's way more complicated emotions, like embarrassment, like grief, like jealousy, like fear. We actually have to learn to express our emotions and to say, like, man, life is hard. I'm feeling this because of this, because of this. Jeremiah took his time to actually be honest about his pain. And I believe if we're going to actually be of any use to the people around us who are suffering or find our way through the difficulties of life, we have to be able to face the pain. We have to be able to be honest about what we're going through. And you know what this means? If we're going to be honest about life being difficult, we probably have to tell somebody else. Because we can just kind of talk to ourselves. But sometimes when you actually have to sit down with someone else and say, I'm feeling this, and someone says, well, why? And you begin to talk, and we begin to talk. That's what true friendship is, right? Is we actually learn to listen to each other. And so if we're going to actually deal with life being difficult, we have to learn how to actually have good conversations with one another and say, man, I, I just need to be honest about what I'm going through, what I'm feeling, fear, doubt, jealousy, you know, scarcity, despair even. This is what I'm dealing with. But secondly, be hopeful. One of, the, one of the most amazing verses in the Bible is in Lamentations 3. He says this, and I'm quoting from a, a different scripture here, but it's there. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness, O Lord. How many of you have heard that verse before? How many of you knew it was in Lamentations? Right? Right in the middle of this book of total despair. Jeremiah, in a sense, maybe we can imagine he was still sitting in that pit with Jerusalem burning in the background. And he's being honest. He's not being Mr. Positive or anything. He was being honest about the situation of himself and his life. And yet in the middle, he says this, but I remember. I remember my pain, but I also remember this. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. See, oftentimes we think, that bad things in the world prove that God doesn't exist. You ever heard that? I've actually heard, I've had people say that to me. Well, the fact that there would be bad things in this world, there's no way a, a good God could have created a world that's this bad. And what I often say to people is, well, <clears throat> I understand what you, why you're asking that, because you're basically saying, God, why? But if you say that proves God doesn't exist, you have a bigger question to answer, which is, why do you care? Because if there is no God, the stronger are supposed to dominate the weaker. That's how we got here in the first place. Survival of the fittest. Why does it even bother you? It bothers you because you know life isn't the way it's supposed to be. There's something in you, deep within you, that cries out. And Jeremiah, in the middle of pain, turns up to God and says, he's saying why he's lamenting. He's actually saying, you know, he, he's saying, I wish we weren't here, God. Like, you have, you've allowed these things, and this is difficult. But in the middle of it, he says, but yet I'm going to remember this too. I'm not just going to be honest. I'm also going to be hopeful. I'm going to remember that the mercies of God are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. You see, when things go bad in our lives, it doesn't disprove the faithfulness of God. Sometimes we actually have to ask ourselves, 
Do I spend as much time praising him for when things are great as I do complaining to him when things aren't? That the fact that there is difficulty in the world doesn't mean God is faithful. I have hope in him. It's one of these things that we have to pray in the middle of being honest. Our honesty has to be peppered with hopefulness all the time. Not positivity. Oh, things might get better. No, no, Jeremiah knew it was going to get worse. They were going to go to Babylon. It was going to get worse. It's not positivity. And it's not partying. There was no room to party when life was that difficult. And he wasn't just shutting off the emotional taps and saying, I don't care. He wasn't getting angry, but he's saying, I... What I see with my eyes is so hard, but I will not forget that God is faithful, that God will come through, that his mercies are new every morning. We sing this kind of verse to our kids uh, many nights because it's one of those things that I think we need to remember. In the middle of being people who are honest enough to say life is hard, we also say, yeah, but you know what? Hope is coming. How do we know that? I mean, Jeremiah actually didn't know how true these words were. You know why? Because a little, a, a few hundred years later, God would send his son Jesus. You know what Jesus said to his disciples right before he left? He said, in this life you will have trouble, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Right? He was being honest. He's giving them hope. You know what, you know what these two, the two symbols of our faith are, friends? Many of you know. What, what is the one symbol of the Christian faith that you can think of? The cross. But, you know, we, we, we've forgotten the other one. It's the empty tomb, right? The cross reminds us that we need to be honest about how difficult life is. And Jesus said this when he talks about the cross. There is a cross to carry. If anyone would come after me, he must take up his cross. Life is hard. And it's even harder if you're a follower of Jesus. Life is hard. Sometimes the difficulty we face is because other people make fun of us for our faith. Or we live in a world that says, why are you living like that? Why are you wasting your time? Why are you giving away money? Why are you trying not to have sex before you're married? Why are you wasting time on this? Life? This is this ridiculous. Why do you, how could you believe in a God you can't see? It's absurd. There's difficulty that comes our way and actually because we are followers in Jesus and Jesus says, hey, if you're going to follow me, you're going to have a cross to carry too. Life is hard. But there is a resurrection it's not about, oh, don't worry, tomorrow might be better. Actually, tomorrow might be just as hard or worse. But we, we worship a God who has not only died on a cross, but went into a tomb and came out again. Nobody else we know has ever done that. And that's why we have hope. It's a tomb, but it's empty. And friends, I believe as Christians, we live between the cross and the grave our whole lives. That we are people that are honest. We're able to say, because we worship a Savior who died on a cross, we're honest and be able to say, yes, you know what? Life is hard. It, it, it is a call to suffer, in a sense, for Christ. And yet one day, we will all be raised to life. One day, God will wipe away every tear. One day, he will come and right every wrong. How do I know this? Not because the Bible tells me so because Jesus rose from the dead. See, it's not philosophy that tells me there's going to be a better day coming. It's history. It's the fact that Jesus rose from the dead. You see, science, people say, oh, science disproves Christianity. Science only studies what can be measured and repeated in a lab. History studies what happened, even if it only happened once. Do you get it? We believe in the resurrection not because of science. We believe in it because of history, because the empty tomb changed the course of history. And so you and I live between these things where we go, you know what, I'm going to be honest, life is hard, but I'm going to be hopeful because one day God will right this wrong. And so here's what I want you to do with this. I want to give you a verse. 
It's a verse of honesty and hope, and it's in your bulletin, and, I, and I'd love for you to take it and memorize it. You don't have to memorize it this morning. Well, you can put it in your school binder. You can put it on your mirror when you brush your teeth in the morning. Put it on the dashboard of your car or something. But this is one of those verses, and it was written by the Apostle Paul, who had suffered a lot and was going to suffer even more. So this wasn't someone who was just like, you know, positivity. Here's what he says. Therefore, we do not lose heart. This is a verse of honesty and hope. Though outwardly we are wasting away. In other words, though all around us life is hard and even our bodies are sick and one day we're going to die. Inwardly, we are being renewed day by day. In other words, inside, things are growing. Things are getting stronger. For our light and momentary troubles. Now, Paul was shipwrecked and beaten and stoned and imprisoned. So he wasn't, he didn't have an easy life. But he was able to say, from our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that will far, that far outweighs them all. In other words, in this life, you will have trouble. It's like the weight of trouble is big. He said, but the weight of what we get is even heavier so we don't lose heart. Though outwardly we're wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that will far outweigh them all, therefore we don't lose heart. We're going to sing together a song that is a song of hope. You guys know it's called My Lighthouse, right? You guys know the actions to this song? It's just going to be on the screen for you. But I just want to encourage you, even as you're singing, you could sit and sing, you can stand, but listen to the words and remember this verse and say, okay, you know what? I need to call this to mind. Just as Jeremiah said, I remember my affliction, but I'm also going to remember that God is good. I'm also going to remember that God is faithful. I'm also going to remember, yes, there's a cross, but there's an empty tomb. And in this life, I will have trouble, but take heart because Jesus has overcome the world. Morning as well, So I'm just going to give a benediction to you before uh, a few quick announcements. Just thinking about what uh, Vijay was talking about, this reality that we live in between these two things that are very real um, and are meant to shape all that we are as followers of Christ. We live between the cross and the empty grave. And so uh, just thinking about as we were um, singing this song, I just want to bless those of you who are in this season of, 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 like, of suffering, this season of the cross, maybe in many of your lives. And I want to bless you with the faith and confidence to know that you're actually walking a path that Jesus himself walked. And he calls us, he like, he calls us to follow him, but in that he tells us he identifies with us. He suffers with us. And just as his suffering was not in vain or wasted at all, but God actually brought about the greatest victory through his own suffering. I pray that you would have faith to know that he, he does the same in our own suffering. For those of you that are in seasons maybe of like victory, you know, of empty grave season, I want to just bless you with eyes to see how Jesus continues to um, continues to want to use the ways that he's brought victory in our own lives so that he can then send us out to be able to uh, share and care and have mercy on those who are suffering as well. So I want to bless you with eyes to see if you've seen God bring victory in your life in different ways. I want to bless you with eyes to see now how he wants to send you back into the lives of others who are suffering as well, to use you as an agent, you know, to call others into the uh, full life with Jesus as well. Would you receive that this morning?